Hi, welcome to Morning Talk Show, coming to you from the garden today. Um, today is my conversation with Steve Hill. Um, Steve is many things. He's a successful business owner. He's a comedian. He is a member of the Satanic Temple, which is an organization I think is is kind of misunderstood and, and very interesting. I've interviewed Lucian Greaves from the Satanic Temple in another episode. Um, but uh, Steve is running for Congress in California, and uh, I wanted to talk to him because he's just, uh, I think he's got a fascinating story and he is representative of an American experience that's worth hearing and understanding. He's served in the military, he's worked in corrections, um, and he's just, uh, he's got kind of a, a no bullshit, no nonsense approach. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him. I think you'll enjoy the conversation as well. Like and subscribe um, for more of this kind of content and thanks very much. Well, and I guess without further ado, I'll say, uh, Steve Hill, welcome to Morning Talk Show. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Thanks for being here. You're my second Satanist, and uh, the bar is pretty high because uh, Lucian Greaves was my first Satanist, and uh, I love that guy. <laughs> he's the best. But yeah, no. he's, 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 he's the one that... Uh turned a black man into a Satanist. So yeah, he's a pretty impressive young man. He definitely is. Like, uh, you know, I think me and my wife both have kind of a crush on that guy. He's just, there's something about him. He's got that kind of like trickster, you know, yeah. kind of kind of like a like like a sexy rat or something. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's awesome. <laughs> he, always, he always gives you the impression that he knows just a little bit more than you think he knows. Yeah, and maybe a little bit more than he's saying, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a great conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, so I guess we can jump right into it. It, it. You're a Satanist. You're a black man and a Satanist and a comedian, and you're running for Congress, and you're a veteran, and you're just all kinds of uh, of of things that make you an interesting interesting guy um but let's I, i'm interested in kind of how, how it started like how, how did how did life begin and wh what led you towards where you are today with satanism and with with running for for office and like what what's the beginning of your story oh well the beginning <laughs> the beginning is was being born poor in a ghetto in the north side of st louis in uh, 1961, about two weeks after uh, former President Obama was born, oh. uh, so I'm I'm in that age range and, and that uh, generation, you know. Um, yeah, you know, just, just just being born in that situation and realizing that uh, <laughs> you're going to have to struggle. You know, life is life is definitely going to be a struggle. We don't have the resources that are required to sustain that good old wholesome American lifestyle where you got enough food to eat, you yeah. have a decent house to live in, you live in a good neighborhood with no crime and you know, yeah. safe. But I wasn't born into that. So I always felt I had to strive and struggle and claw my way basically out of poverty and out of the ghetto. And I learned at a very early age. Well, I came to the realization at a very early age that um, religion wasn't for me. You know, um, some people, some people go to 
be a theologian and they go to a seminary school and they learn all of this bullshit about the Bible and all of this ancient prehistoric passed along information that's been yeah. manipulated, changed, written in different versions, all with the, with the hands of man, no magic superpower. But I, I realized at the age of eight that uh, I just did not feel anything for religion and just thought it was all bullshit from a very early age. Uh, there was a, a program at my, mo my mother's church and uh, I was to read like this three line poem and I memorized it and everything, but I just didn't have the feeling there that this was anything that I wanted to do or that was true. It was just like an empty, you know, reading. I felt nothing. I felt, yeah. and I felt the Bible was all bullshit because I had attempted to read it. Even at an early age, I had attempted to read it. And, yeah. you know, it just turned me off with all the thee and thou and have it then. Yeah. And I, you know, even at a young age, it's like no one even talks like this anymore. Yeah. And then yeah. it was, you know, full of magic tricks and, and people doing shit is like, okay. How, how so much longer did, oh, sorry. I knew at an early age that that wasn't going to be for me. Yeah. But it wasn't until I met uh, Lucen at a conference we were attending in my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, and a mutual friend introduced me to him and Steve, you, you gotta be an atheist. I mean, you gotta be a Satanist. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, Nelly. Like, shit, I'm already black. I don't need no more baggage. But, you know, I'm a guy that comes from the perspective of legalities and the law. And uh, I thought what the Satanic Temple was doing was cool. When I looked into it, you know, and uh, it's like, wow, they, they're actually using the legal system to get laws changed, going to court and bringing to everyone's consciousness that if you want us to believe your dumb shit, then here, we're Satanists, believe our dumb shit. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I talked to Luchin, you know, we were there together like a whole entire weekend. We did a tour of the city together. And yeah. uh, I talked to him and I, and I, I, you know, I thought about it and I was like, man, actually, if you think about it, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. To fight the system with the system. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, okay. And, you know, I said, hey, what you guys doing in L.A.? Because I was going back, coming back home to L.A. And, uh, oh, we got to, we're going to get a chapter started. So when I got back, I hooked up with the, the people that was actually four of us that was the nucleus for, for forming uh, the Los Angeles chapter of the Satanic Temple, which we were doing some good stuff there for a while. And then, you know, just like other things or organizations, you get people yep. and egos and, and different motivations involved. And yep. we just kind of uh, disintegrated, basically. There was a lawsuit yep. involved. Oh, gosh. Someone stole money and uh, yeah, even in the even in the documentary, even in Hail Satan, there was some of that, you know, division stuff. And it's just I think I mean, having grown up also in, in churches, I think it's just the nature of it's just the nature of any kind of 
organization like that, those things happen, especially when it's new and there's probably people who want to take it in their, their different directions and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm interested in this little eight-year-old uh, kid who was already over religion, kind of had this realization. I'm kind of jealous of that in a way, because I know a lot of people who have, like you said, have gone through the ringer. Like they don't become an atheist till they've already been kind of, you know, chewed up through the system and shit out. Right. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I know yeah. people with, and I got a good friend who's got a master's degree in theology and he just sure. couldn't, he couldn't be more atheist now. It's like, wow. It's good. I mean, in a way, it's kind of nice that you figured it out. How many more years did you have to to go to church and stuff after that, though? Did you? Well, I joined. I I, uh, I think my mother really stopped pressuring me when I was in high school, and then I I went to the United States Marine Corps while I was in high school, about mid year of my senior year. But she had kind of stopped pestering me about it. Yeah. Plus. I think I was about that time, I was about six, five. <laughs> and she probably just didn't have the energy. She'd be like, come on, go to church. Come on. <laughs> Drag you. Yeah. yeah. So did, you went into the Marine Corps. Did, did you have, did you always have a disciplined mind? Like, were you always drawn to kind of a disciplined well, way of I, life? I come from a, I come from a military family. I, I got <laughs> men that have fought for this country in my family that goes back to the civil war. My father fought in World War II. My brother fought in Vietnam. I have another brother that did 23 years in the Marine Corps. And I did approximately six. But uh, I just always knew I wanted to be a U.S. Marine because I perceived them to be the supreme fighting force in the world, basically. So I wanted to be a Marine. And you know, we had a competition my, in my family between my brother, father, you know, who would be the best, the best, the best. So yeah, I went and they, they taught me how to shoot real good, <laughs> kill people real good, all of that. So nice. How long were you in the Marines for? Approximately six years. Okay. About five years and some months or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. And your, your path has been all over the place. How, how did you get from there to being like a comedian? Were you always a comedian the whole time or? No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I do comedians. Well, I've, I've always studied comedy. I always had a, you know, a love of, of comedy because I, I do think I have a, a very keen and weird and kind of eclectic sense of humor, but uh, my, my, how I eat, how I make my money is I appraise real estate and I do comedy just out of my activism because that's a whole nother different beast. I got into a heated, heated debate yesterday with another comedian oh. and I was, I was trying to explain to him the difference between doing comedy for commercial and commercial purposes for money in the comedy industry and doing it out of activism. Mm. It's a difference. Yeah. I, I, I use comedy as a conduit to reach people, to get them to not only laugh, but to think, use yeah. the noggin, you know, and go, yeah. wow, you know, I see what you did with that joke. You're actually making a statement about women's reproductive rights or LGBTQ issues or immigration or over incarceration. My jokes are always connected to something. So, yeah, yeah he didn't, he didn't, he, because he's been in the comedy game so long, it's like the concept 
just evaded him like he couldn't grasp it right and there's sometimes there's like a feeling in comedy that there should be nothing sacred or something like that you know you got to be able to you know i i don't know if that's a thing you know you got to be able to make fun of anything and you can't you can't be all about a message or something like that but yeah, i don't know yeah. yeah it's a it's a yeah it's a I, I knew right off the bat for me that okay i can't do this to, to make money yeah you know i don't even want to approach it like that that's, that's just after i saw that how you got to kiss people ass especially in la where everybody goes from right. all over the country to get famous doing comedy and you got to like fight for stage time yeah and kiss people's ass and get in these networks this these little groups and go around performing and yeah it it, that that wasn't so i went and performed on the atheist circuit that's where i met lucian lucian at oh there's an an atheist circuit yeah at a conference in st louis yeah we we that's where we met yeah, he was, he was, yeah, he was cool. He was cool. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very cool. Still is. He's still is. He's supposed to be paying me a visit. He's been out to my house before and we went up to San Francisco for a little two day conference that I was speaking and performing at. Uh, I can't wait till he gets back because now we got to, we got to go down to San Diego. He, he plays music and he's talented right. and shit like that. I, I guess all Satanists must have like something, some kind of talent or something. Yeah, he tells jokes. I tell jokes. He does music. Well, I mean, I'm sure we got some, somebody a, a juggling Satanist or some shit. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, I mean, I, there's some, there's a certain kind of clarity and freedom of mind that that comes that I, I feel like it probably attracts creative people, right? Because you got to take a little bit of a step outside of. I mean, you got to take a little bit of a step outside of social acceptability, in, in, in a way. Like I, I mean, that's probably less and less true. Yeah, it's it's. It's probably a trait or a characteristic that's probably a common thread that runs through people like us. Yeah. You know, maybe 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 our minds are a little bit more open and, and we can take a, a different perspective or some shit. Yeah. But well, yeah, what strikes me about about the Satanic Temple and one of the things I like about it is that it seems like it seems like there's a, a kind of purity there or like a uh, you know, an idealism uh, that is kind of counter to the standard narrative that, I mean, Christianity has obviously lost that, you know, Christianity in a lot of ways has lost the idealism, has lost that. Um, I mean, maybe they have a sense they can change the world, but they also kind of feel like they're in charge of the world. And, and so Satanists, I mean, even the fact that you're saying that you're doing your comedy and you've chose in your mind not to make your money off of it, I mean, that that seems to me like that's the hallmark of a true believer. You know what I mean? Like that's like you're, you're out there. You've got a cause. You've got something, you know, animating yeah. you. That's not. Yeah, it's not it's not driven by material gain or monetary compensation. It's it's driven just by the, a, a passion for changing this fucked up world. Yeah. And that's what I always want to tell people, too. I mean, I've got a couple kids. I got three kids. Actually, one is still a baby, so I haven't told them this yet. But, you know, you don't have to make if you really love something, you should you should be careful about making money at it. Right. Because yeah. that's that's a compromising step. And the people it, the mindset is just not there in, in North America. Like I'm in Canada, so I can't just say America. Mm-hmm. But right. we've lost that mindset of doing things for 
for the love and the passion for the people and, and, you know, for the sake of others and for the sake of your own, I mean, soul, I mean, I guess you don't, you probably don't use the word soul, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a soul man. Fuck yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I get it, man. It would be some, it, I don't know. I, I think it, yeah, it would be almost a contradiction or if you did like, and and I've I've seen it a lot lately. Every, everyone wants to monetize, you know, being a Satanist or being an atheist or yeah. just being secular. It, everyone is looking for a way to, like, I, I want a job at this. If I could do this to get and get paid at the same time, that would be great. Yeah. But I, I approach it as like, fuck it. I mean. I can raise my money a different way. So hell with getting paid, you know, and that yeah. now I'm not saying that down the line, if there is an opportunity, if somebody wants to, then yeah. Okay. Yeah. But starting out my initial move and motivation is not for money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to that. And that's what, that's what this podcast is, right? Like I, I sit at this desk and do a day job, all day and uh, and this is what feeds this is what feeds my soul you know is is mm-hmm. meeting meeting people and really trying to understand other people and connect with them uh so yeah in that way i can i can definitely relate so okay so you come out of the marines and then did you go did you go right into uh, the correctional oh sorry go ahead no i um i uh went right into aerospace <laughs> I, my i was a machinist I was a machinist. Uh, that was my MOS, military occupational spec specialty oh. in the Marine Corps. Yeah, I was oh. I was a machinist station most of the time with, with uh, first tank battalion, first Marine Division, California, Camp Pendleton. Uh, so when I got out from, from, I was already in California. I went to like LA and got a job the next day, and you know started life, started real life outside the military. And I did that for about seven years and it, it became kind of boring. I was making parts for like the B-2 bombers and the stealth fighters and, and the SR-21 Blackbird spy plane that have, they've since been retired. But yeah, that got kind of boring and I wanted a little bit more excitement. So that's when I uh, decided to go do 10 years in state prison. Man, and how, how was that experience? in in prison or working for the prison system uh it was uh yeah it was definitely something that changed my life it it, it's it illuminated everything that i thought before i ever worked behind the prison wall that something is wrong with the system why why is it always us why 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 do blacks and the cops always have this animosity between each other. Why, why, why is that persistent and always there, no matter where you go? Is you know, and then you look at the population behind bars at a, at a state prison in California, and you'll see that it's extremely disproportionately filled with black men mm. and Latinos. Blacks and Latinos just absolute fill the prisons and you know that it has to be something inherent in the system. Mm. And you learn that after a while. And <laughs> you, you just know that 
the system is basically still oppressing your people through the legal system, through the judicial system, you know, amongst all of the other stuff with the, with the redlining and putting us into these ghettos in the early 1930s and then further doing it after World War II when all the GIs came home and they started building out in the suburbs and the government basically san sanctioned the segregation by not lending uh, loans to, to black people. Right. If they, if they moved into the project, you couldn't get an FHA loan. So they basically, you know, government sanctioned segregation. And we were forced to go live in these ghettos with lack of resources, lack of economic tax base, lack of businesses, lack of our own jobs and education. So, you know, we, we become parasitic where we, we feed off of each other. We steal from each other. We kill each other. You know, a lot of people lose hope. So when you, when what, do, what happens when people lose hope? You don't value life. Yeah, dehumanizing. You, you kill each other. You do stupid shit over anything because basically you're already all stressed out just from living in, in your current socioeconomic condition that you have to, you're required to exist in. So yeah, it's a, a lot of issues. Yeah. Lots of issues in America. Yeah. So was it worse than you were picturing then in the prison system? Like, did it disillusion you more than you thought it would? Or were you sort of looking to make a difference and Oh, I, I just, uh, it, I, I was there for 10 years. I, I say it probably took me the first three years to really become a good officer. Mm. And, you know, they teach you at the academy to be firm, fair, and consistent with these inmates. And, you know, once I really focused just on practicing that, you know, you, you, you get a a whole different level of respect from the from the inmates because they know you ain't full of shit. They know you're consistent every day. You're gonna be the same. You know, you do your program. I do officer shit. You do inmate shit. If I, you know, I catch them with some contraband or something illegal, I take it. I write them up. You know, I do what I'm supposed to do, and they do what they're supposed to do. But you know, don't do any of that silliness, like fuck with them while they're there, you know, fucking being over aggressive with people. None of that. Right. You just treat them like human beings. You know, their, their punishment is being in prison. It's, it's not to be in prison and then be fucked with by the officers. Right. So. So, yeah, it gave me, uh, you know, I, 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 I absolutely fucking love the way the inmates who live in prison actually because they have a it's a it's a code in a prison your word is the only thing you really have your mm. word is your body i mean that rings true nowhere else like in a prison because if you if you can't keep your word your life is worth nothing and somebody will kill you mm. so yeah I, I learned to live like that out on the street you know yeah, I, I tell people things, you know, if I tell them I'm going to do something, God damn it, I, unless I fucking get hospital, I do it. And I my whole life like that. Just yeah. say what you mean. Mean what you say. Yeah. Tell you I'm going to do something. My word is good. Tell you I'm going to help you move one weekend. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. And if everybody can live like it's amazing now that I have a high level of consciousness of, of how you do this, it's amazing how many people are just absolutely full of shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, they tell you, I laugh because you, you have to laugh, but yeah, you're, you're so right. Yeah. You, they tell you things and they know at the time they're saying it, they don't mean it. Yeah. It, 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 so, you know, disingenuous, just, yeah. they flake, you know, people, yeah, I'm going to do it. And it's like, you know, how can I deal with you going forward when I know you don't, you can't, I can't trust you to keep your word. Yeah. So my, my circle is very small. I have a very small circle yeah. of people around me. Right. The standard is high. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great. I mean, some if somebody running for Congress like yourself to be able to go and see the prison population like that and to actually respect, you know, some of their mindset and, and respect the way that, you know, to look at them in a humanizing way that that looks for the good and sees the good in 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 them that that's a really important it's a really important personal trait and i'm interested in in like how has your uh how has your feeling about authority changed throughout your life like because you went to the you went to the marines and and there's a there's a very finely honed authority structure and yet you're also kind of from you know this disenfranchised um culture and then you saw this dis other disenfranchised culture in prison like what's your thoughts on authority is that too vague a question no no i, I think i understand understand the question it's uh the way i feel about it authority is you like say like law enforcement you're working under the color of the law you have the public trust you need to be held accountable for whatever you do that's outside the guidelines you should be held accountable. Accountability. I don't want to. I don't want to defund the police. That's fucking absurd. I wore a badge for ten years. I wouldn't want somebody. Oh, well, we're going to take the money away to to keep keep you alive on the prison yard. And, mm. You know, like no, no, thank you. But I want the police to be held accountable. It's really, you know, not that difficult. But I think you throw in hatred and racism, and now you you got a complicated situation. Yeah. And and people who feel that they're superior to you, and you've got this whole court lawyers, attorneys, this whole court system that have for years been eating at the eating at the trough of what you call the legal system, the justice system, off of the bodies of black people going to prison. Yeah. All those. Public, public defenders, all those attorneys, all of those, you know, the judgeships and judges. Yeah. And we've been victimized, man, every, every place you turn. Yeah. So people some maintain. Of us make, some of us make it out, but not enough of us. I mean, in 2022, we still have ghettos. Why? Richest country on earth. Why do we still have ghettos? Yeah. And homelessness and, and all oh. that. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles here is the worst I know. in the country for homelessness. I've heard, I mean, I, I say I know. I've heard I've heard horror stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I, I, I what you're saying all resonates with me, you know, because because my sense of the of the American sense of authority, 
is I think we're in a phase maybe where it's, it's gonna, it has to tip and turn on its head because I mean, to, to link it to Christianity, because so much in the United States is influenced so strongly by Christianity, right? You've got this religion. And I, I mean, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of ways in which the religion has been perverted because you've got, you've got this idea of the unquestionable God, uh, you know, but he's not here. So, and I'm here and I'm in charge, you know what I mean? So I'm going to be that unquestionable God. And I think, I feel like every, that's the sense I get with authority. Anytime people get that taste of it, um, they want to be, you know, or even if they're just adjacent to it, you know, even if you're just like the person below, below the person, you know, it's like all of a sudden you've got this stance of like, you, you got to defend your position on, you know, in the hierarchy. And, yeah. and, uh, and that's why we need more people who are doing some of this stuff out of just out of their own pocket, out of their own heart. And I, I just, I mean, as a Christian myself, I think it's so fucked up that we have this, that, that this is how it is, that, you know, it's the Satanists who are trying to come in with the purity. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, and I really do think, especially with the Satanic temple, that that is what is happening. You've got people with, with, with quite pure intentions who have chosen the uh, identity of the adversary because, you know, because the, that's a strong position now, because yeah. a lot of people are more and more people every day have this intuition that they need to join the adversary in some way to say, actually to save the American dream, if it can be saved. Is that, yeah, a little rant on my part. <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I don't know if this American dream can be saved. Uh, no, you know, I think it, it can be saved, but it always takes some kind of external force or <laughs> or event yeah. to make us come together as, as Americans, which we do. We do that pretty good. We come, to, but it's it's always something outside. It's, we we don't ever look internally to try to make things better for everyone because then we'd have to learn to deal with our history and, and critical race theory that they're yeah. fucking absolutely ter- yeah. terrified to teach history yeah it's it's uh you know and then black people are we we, we are in like you're talking about a hierarchy we're in like the worst position that you could possibly be in because we even though we were freed as slaves in 1865 we still haven't fully emancipated our minds because we're still stuck on the white man's religion that he gave us mm. So it's like, how can you ever be totally free if you're still studying the religion of the people who used to own you? It makes no fucking sense. It's absolutely absurd to me. Mm. And no one, no one talks about it because I guess it makes black people feel good. It's, it's some kind of uh, allegorical type bullshit where everybody mm. just gets together and go, yeah, this is. God is good and I want to be washed in the blood of Jesus and all the other shit that's crammed in into that ancient comic book. Uh just yeah. senseless to me. Yeah. I mean, I think uh I, I think the black church has in some ways been a lifeblood of of the church in the United States because it, it, because I mean black people do religion a little bit better. I mean, it's, it's at least, it's at least more vibrant, but I, yeah, I you know, I mean, they'll put on a fucking show. 
Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just said they put on a show, but there's a fucking entry fee you got to pay. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a certain amount of comfort that um, white people feel knowing that that black people at least take part in the religion. You know what I mean? Like people who want to. Oh, hey, I, I know exactly what you mean. I say it all the time. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I, I don't like using the N word, but but when I, I say this, I'm using it in its proper context. But I'm sure that most white people think, boy, if if those if those black people ever lose their religion, those niggas will kill us all. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's what that makes me think. It's like, oh, I bet it's some kind of comfort for white people to, to be like, oh yeah, we we still got them under control a little bit. We'll yeah. just go ahead and fill the prisons up with them for a while, and you know, keep them oppressed in the in the ghettos and. We'll, we'll, we'll live happily ever after. Yeah. No, I can definitely, I can definitely see that perspective for sure. I mean, because I think it, it's more and, and more undeniable just that the absolute power uh, of black culture in America and the power and the size of it, you know, it's not like, you know, minority is hardly even the word anymore. Like there's, it, it's just, but it's, but it is, but there still is this separation. It's, it, it's madness that the separation still exists. I mean, I know that I, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I know that it's yeah, a big, we, we call that, yeah, we, we call that separation ghettos. Nothing, nothing different than the Palestinians, not much different than living in Sun City in the 80s, in the South Africa in the 80s. You know, until they give us some uh, economic structure that more people can hurry up and get out of the ghettos, that way other people, white people, can come back in and, and regentrify, reinvest in those mixed, mi now mixed communities. Mm -hmm. You know, then we can get somewhere. That was the worst thing this country ever did was to separate us like that, because it kept white people. You know, when you're not familiar with something, you're afraid of it. And they, mm -hmm. you know, they kept us separate. They never had that assimilation in, into, into their culture. Right. We were always excluded. That, that way you're always going to fear that, per, that person. That's why, like me, a six foot seven black man, I'm always seen as a threat. You know, I'm like... 75% guilty even before they start speaking to me. Yeah. I'm already partially guilty just because I'm a big black man and I look threatening yeah. to certain people. So, Not to mention the fact that when uh, the ghettos are there and uh, a, a large number of white people in the United States can live without ever feeling outnumbered, then, then they don't necessarily like even I feel like we transition from overt racism into just kind of feeling like we're the default, right? Like that white people are are the default race and they can still think that because a lot of them just aren't surrounded by black people on a on a day to day basis. And right. and 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 even though and, and it becomes easy to convince yourself, you know, like, uh, right. you know, that you're still you're still preeminent. Uh, right. We, we are still the superior. We built this country. We that, that's the whole that's the whole thing. That's the whole vibe I, I get off of off of these. Uh, like the people that did January 6th that 
attack the capital. I get this whole vibe like, yeah. damn it, we, we stole the land from the Indians and we stole slaves from Africa and we built this country. It's ours, damn it. And it's it's like, no, it's we all did this. Let's let's you know, yeah. let's be together. Let's be together and love each other and not want to kill one another and not want to incarcerate the shit out of one ethnic group because they're trying, they're doing crimes and shit to try to survive and eat because you haven't given them any education so they can, you know, become a productive member of society. Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it, you know, most young, young African-American males around the age of 18, they usually have about four or five choices to make. And three of them are usually really bad. You mm. got more bad options than good options when you come from areas such as the ghetto. Yeah. And and like you see this with, with oppressed uh, cultures within, the, within America too, where like, for example, with gays, I, I remember being raised and taught that gays were all, you know, they weren't monogamous and they were all perverted. And, you know, when I was young, I, I bought into it. And then when I got older, I was like, hold up. They're not allowed to get married. <laughs> like they literally can't get married. And, and so it, like it, you stigmatize the people that you're subjugating. Like it. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, America's good at that shit. Yeah, you know? it's baked in. It's baked in. Yeah, it's you know, this this whole melting melting pot concept has always eluded a good grasp and then thought of what it would really be like if we really did have a melting pot and people just fucking became Americans instead of being a black or white or Mexican or Asian or gay or straight, just fucking Americans. But people don't realize this. When you leave the country and go someplace else and people, like I went to, a, I spent a year in Japan and people hear you speak and they know, they, they don't get, they just know you are fucking, you're an American, that's an American. Hmm. They know that they don't really, they just, and that's what we are. That's how we should think when we're here together, you know, trying to figure this, this experiment out. Yeah. That we should think first that we're all Americans, but then some of us don't get fully treated like we're fully, you know, yeah. franchised part of the country. So there's, so there's that bullshit we have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I always think it's uh, of the analogy of like uh, America is like or sort of fixing America would be like taking a, a body, a dead body and trying to remove individual veins out of it. You know what I mean? Like that's the level of intricacy of the problem because it's oh, so yeah. it's so internalized and it's, you know, like it, it. And I can understand that the emotion, at least, of wanting to burn it all down and start, you know, and start again. I can understand why people would feel that way. I mean, I'm I'm encouraged that people like yourself don't want to burn it down, but want to 
roll up your sleeves and get in, yeah. get into the intricacies of the work. Like you've been there, you've seen the inside of the prisons and you've seen the inside of the military and you've seen the inside of the ghetto. And now, you you know, uh, maybe, well, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you're in, in uh, acceptable uh, wealthy society now, but I feel, feel like you, you know, you've, you're holding down a, you know, a, a sustaining job. So you've kind of been in, you've kind of been in, so many yeah. parts well, of I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a business owner. Yeah. And my and my wife and I were talking the other day because tax season is upon us. And we figured that we're we're like in the uh upper middle class. There you go. We're we're like the poor rich. Okay. So yeah, so you've you've seen so many different perspectives of American life and uh yeah, so I, I'm just I'm interested in that turn to Satanism. You you were at an it was at an, it, just an atheist conference, and then you you met Lucian and and you started thinking about it. Like, was your first what was your very first thought about the whole thing? My first my first thought was too much. <laughs> I'm you know just too much. I'm already black. I'm already an atheist, and that just that right there could put you on some kind of watch list in America. <laughs> So I just thought it was too much initially until I looked into it and I saw that they do things in court, which like to me, a bell went off like, all right, now we, we, we write legislation and laws and, and stipulate this and put this in there where, you know, it doesn't have shit to do with anybody's religion. And it's for the people because right. the people have the power and, you know, things should be done. For the sake and the better betterment of the, of the people. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Satanic Temple is never about taking the rights of anybody away, right. or ke- or keeping the rights of anybody away. It's more about making sure that rights are e- evenly and fairly distributed and and yeah, enforced. Don't, don't don't infringe upon anyone else's rights. I think that's the uh, first or third tenet. One of those. I haven't read them in a while. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. I read. I, read, I know I, the. I know the. I know the. I, the fourth tenet is my favorite. It's, that's where the one that that states that we have the right to offend. <laughs> and yeah. I, you know, I, I like. Uh, I don't say I, I like being offen- uh, offensive, but if you are offended, then fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like offense is one of the lowest forms of human emotion. It's it's funny that it gets it gets trumped up into this kind of almost like a holy sacred right. Like, but I'm yeah. offended. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. offended. Like, who yeah. gives a fuck? Yeah, and it, and hilarious, hilarious too. How easily offended people who supposedly represent the God of the universe <laughs> can be. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you you yeah. You, would, you would think you couldn't say anything to offend them. They got that guy on their side. Yeah, exactly. They could just kind of laugh it off and have a beer with you and yeah. and get over it. What could go wrong? I've got <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Smite him, Lord. Yes. yes, yes. See you. See you on your way home if you make it. <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, I mean, uh, the Satanic Temple kind of exists in this weird, you know, nether region uh, because it's like it's about rights, it's about 
um, e- you know, fairness and equality. It's not exactly liberal. It's not exact. I mean, it's liberal overall, but it's not, you know, it, you, you're in no, ca- you're in no camp. The conservatives. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's the, the part I like about it is it's also in the religious liberty, religious freedom camp. Yeah. Because, because as soon as you say the word Satan, people demonstrate this vitriolic response and start conjuring up images of you eating babies and burning brimstone, fire and hell and screaming and gnawing of teeth and all kinds of stupid bullshit like that. Yeah. And then it's like at a whole nother level. So like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why can't I be a Satanist? You're a Christian. Why can't I be a Satanist? Yeah. Exactly. To me, if, if like if the United States is like a kindergarten and the satanic temple is the kid who figured out that the sensitive kid, if they raise their eyebrow just so, then they'll freak out, and, you know, they'll th- freak out and show their real their true colors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can get the kid, the other kid in trouble just by just by being there and not even doing anything wrong, um, yeah. which that's, is. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I like that. <laughs> I like um, that. Don't don't draw any attention to yourself. Just wreak havoc. Yeah, yeah, and it's so easy to do with that word Satan. I, I I'm surprised. Actually, one of the things that I was I was slightly um, happy to hear uh, when I talked to Lucian was that there were actually some Christian groups uh, who were protesting in their favor um on on the really tense day in the documentary where like they he had to wear he was going to speak and he had to wear a bulletproof vest because there were legitimate concerns of assassination attempts apparently there were some church groups there and that gave me that like you know in, in favor of the satanic temple and i think i mean that's the only response that's the only tr- good response that the church can have is either either just leave the satanists alone or yeah. or just recognize that like the future of the future of the united states is going to be one of diverse perspectives it's not going to be- become a mono culture again it's not going to become it i mean the the cat is out of the bag you know like the um what do you call it? the pinata has been you know burst yeah. open and well and it, with, with the onset of the internet and all of these varieties where you ascertain information and facts and data and you can do research religion is becoming more and more antiquated concept every day Mm. Every day, I just, you know, I always think in the back of my mind, it's like, man, I wish I was, I would have been born three or four centuries from now, when if you say something about a God, you're going to sound like a fucking primitive fucking zombie or something, because everybody's going to be so far beyond superstition and being tied to some ancient scriptures from goat herders that didn't even know the earth was round. We're gonna be so far beyond that. We, you know, there's gonna be artificial intelligence and and there's, you know, we can make this this place like a paradise if we wanted to. Mm. But, you know, all yeah. of the oligarchs and all the people with the money wanna keep it that way. Yeah. Instead of, you know, spreading it around and, and making life a, pre- a pleasurable experience for everyone that, that lives. Yeah. Because, you know, if, even if we 
went into debt and every, but, but the country could get everyone a place to live, a small house, a car and food to eat. Even if we spent the money to do that, who would we owe? We're the fucking people. We, we would owe ourselves or it would boil down to like three or four different people. And to that, I say, well, fuck those people. Kill yeah. them. Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see where, where things go, because I know there's also an increasing sentiment in Christianity of people who are starting to recognize that the implosion of Christianity that's happening uh, to some degree well, no, to to a large degree, needs to happen. That's not just the that's not just the atheists and the Satanists saying that this. I mean, we're in the apocalypse in a way. Like this is a if you think of the the term apocalypse as what it really means is the the revealing of of truth, the revealing of of reality. We're in that phase now, and the dark side of Christianity is becoming more and more uh, known and. I mean, in my opinion, I don't want to offend you or anything, but it, well, I guess you well, I have the right to offend you. But in my you in my opinion, gonna, I'm not going to be mad. At you. <laughs> in my opinion, the Satanic Temple, uh, in some ways, is acting more Christ-like than the Church. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because because yeah. because Jesus, you know, his words were uh, so often critical of uh the church and so often in favor of like he would just run into people he had no plans on doing any kind of healing but he'd meet a poor person or he'd meet a person who he would see their pain and would would just respond in that moment to that person and that's that's you know i think that's what the satanic temple is doing i'm not trying to say that you're secretly christians or anything no 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 no, no. i I understand i I understand how you're utilizing that yeah you know and it, it it makes sense it, it makes sense to me. It's like we're not picking and choosing, and that's what religious people do. Like you were, they pick and choose the good shit out. They leave all the magical bullshit in that could have never possibly happened <laughs> with this guy building an ark and and two by two animals and all of that fantasy. And people actually believed it that a sea actually parted in an army, you know, all of this magic. And it's like, how can you believe any of it? Except people always take out the parts and they don't even get this right. Thou shall not kill. But what does every president say at the end of the, and God bless our troops. That's a fucking contradiction. If you're blessing our troops and our troops are successful, they're gonna be killing a lot of motherfuckers. So which one is it, America? We're a Christian nation and God bless our troops and what is it? What yeah, it, how do we have it? it? There there's such a tension in the United States. Like just a, a everybody has a tension within themselves, and then there's tension with you know with between groups of people and and, and uh yeah, it's 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 a powder keg. And and I don't yeah. think I don't think the internet and COVID nineteen has uh has improved the situation even yeah, a little I bit. That, I think that was a, a volatile cocktail. Very volatile, yeah. Because we had all kinds of shit going here for one minute. We had a pandemic. We, George Floyd was basically publicly lynched and we had civil unrest. You know, I, I'm, I'm like, at one point, you know, you just feel like a, a fucking walking time bomb. You don't want nobody to say anything to you. You don't want to say anything to anybody else. 
It's just like, leave, er, leave me the fuck alone. Everybody just leave me alone and let's get through this shit together. And then, but then you have, oh, I don't want to take the shot. And, you know, these re <laughs> fucking ignorant people who don't understand science, logic, reason, research, analysis. They don't understand, they don't understand science. They reject science. How could you reject science? So it, it made us all stay in this condition with COVID. Man. The duration extended that much longer because people want to keep spending. And then all of these mutations, I hear there's another one getting ready to, to break. It's because people are getting vaccinated, not wearing masks, you know, not being together. You know, this would have been a great time, but we didn't have the president in place to bring us together to fight this shit effectively. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it divided it divided everybody even further, and, and you have a bunch of people who've never been oppressed in their lives feeling, uh, you know, a, a sense of oppression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every every time, every time, and I just saw a sign the other day right here in town: uh, mask and vaccine equates to slavery. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, wow. That's pretty fucked up to say, especially from yeah. someone who who knows the exact fucking town square where my uh, great grandfather was purchased as a as a kid. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's uh, really kind of kind of fresh. Like they failed to realize, like you guys are always talking about your fucking your American freedom, 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 freedom. And you still got millions of fucking descendants of slaves walking the streets every day. But mm -hmm. yet all that comes out of your mouth is freedom. Yeah. Well, well it's a it's a it's a and the freedom is a, a kind of a terrible kind of freedom, you know, it's just like freedom to do I don't know what, buy buy a bigger TV or some, something, you know. It's not it's not like the, the you know, the real freedom is freedom to uh freedom to support your community and you know free like i don't know freedom to do something good freedom right. to yeah i don't know so yeah. so is this all the kind of stuff the reason that you decided to run for congress this is kind of yeah all of this all of this stuff that has manifested itself in my life experience that that is the truth and people need to hear the truth you know all, for for one all white people aren't racist and we need to come up with another term because that creates an automatic uh, knee-jerk reaction from white people. Right. Because I know they get tired of hearing racist, 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 racist. I know that's what it, it must sound like to them in America. Racist, 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 racist. And for one, because there's so much fucking racism, for one. Yeah, it's real. But, for, for two, you know, I, I, I like to call it, and I think it's a little bit more accurate characterization. I like to call it uh, tribalism. Okay. We're just people in, in, from different tribes and nobody wants to see no one in their tribe mistreated. And yeah. you want people in your tribe to yeah. succeed and be wealthy and not right. suffer. Right. And, 
and not, you know, yeah. become a fixture in the bottom class. You want your tribe to do good. Right. And, and that's what I think, you know, white people are no different than black people, just like all shit, all people, but especially black people. When George Floyd was murdered pretty much on TV in front of everybody, uh, everybody got mad. But but black people, it, it hit home a lot closer because we've been trying to tell people this shit for years that police do this kind of shit to us. Mm. Beat us, choke us, you know, do shit to us because they have a badge on and they're working under the authority of yeah. law, under color of law. Yeah. But it hit so it hit our tribe a little bit harder. Yeah. But as human beings, everyone reacted. The whole world reacted. As human beings. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really did. It really, I mean, I think a lot of people, it cauterized a lot of, of white people into finally recognizing and acknowledging what what goes on and and which i mean i guess is one one positive thing out of a super horrible situation i mean it it is it is just gut-wrenching how what's needed in the united states is both an acknowledgement of what's what goes on with racism and a healing and uniting of the groups again i i feel like it's the picking those veins out of the cadaver again, you know, like, but, uh, but, you know, I'm glad you're, um, I'm glad you're uh, working towards being a healing force. I mean, you already are a healing force. Obviously you're out there with your comedy and everything and working towards being an even more, uh, you know, far reaching healing force in, in the United States. Um, I, I am interested to talk about, about the stuff with your, your weapons that, uh, that got confiscated. Uh, is that something? Well, I wasn't, uh, fortunately, very fortunately, I wasn't home and the officers were recorded on my ring doorbell and my, I was with my wife on the way to actually appraise a property. And uh, he called us on my wife's phone and this guy said, oh, well, we're, we're here to, uh, we, we have to confiscate your weapons because you were recently released from a mental institution. And I'm like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, you, you weren't released from a, it's like, yeah, you, it says you were released. And it's like, no, I've never been in a hospital a day in my life, except when I was born. But I've never spent the night in anything, hospital, sick, nothing. So I'm like, where did this shit come from? And now, no one can pro provide me any answers. Huh. So that I'm is... still sitting here this day like, okay, if I was a threat on, that was- uh, Last week. The 15th, I should still be a threat today, but they haven't come back, which I find strange because I immediately picked up the phone and started First, I called my congressman, Mike Garcia. Then I called my state senator, Scott Wilk. And I'm like, hey, man, what the fuck is going on? People are here talking about getting my guns at my house. And all of a sudden, everything went away. But I need to get to the bottom of where that shit started at. Yeah. 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 I wonder. I mean, I know there's been a, I know there's been some heat on Satanists recently. 
Uh, do you think it could have anything? Well, I guess I can't even ask you to surmise on that because it could be who knows what. I think it's some. I think it's the. I think it's the LA County Sheriff's Department because I was suing them. I think it's the LA County Sheriff's Department and one of the LA County supervisors, Catherine Barger. I think it's. I think it's. I, it originated. The guys from the California Department of Justice informed me that it originated in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Huh. And now I can't get any information. The people that I have asking questions that are in politics, that are elected officials, they can't get any answers. It's like a fucking mystery now. Huh. But I got wow. I, I, I've called the FBI. I spoke with the FBI twice because of a candidate for Congress. And I'm like, hey, I need to, I need for you guys to find out where this shit came from. Is is you know is my life in danger? Because yeah. because if you come here talking some bullshit about I've been in a mental hospital, and you want my guns, and I know I haven't been in a fucking mental hospital, you're not gonna get my guns. I might yeah. give you my bullets. Yeah. Huh. But you're not getting my guns. The silence is probably more eerie than actually like finding out what happened. Yeah, it is because it's like is someone out there like lurking. Were they trying to get me killed? Because nobody's getting, I'm not just like surrendering my guns because of some bullshit. So I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting though to find out because you know. Yeah. I well, I sure hope that I sure hope that the story does come out at some point that I can, you know, read an article. I'm sure you'll tweet it out if 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 some some closure happens on that. Yeah, well, it, there's going to there has to be some closure. So yeah, something's gotta gotta give. Hmm. Yeah. If you just, I'm just not gonna let it go away. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like who who did that? Who was behind that? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, what I what I'm forming in this conversation is a picture of somebody with unusual uh, kind of clarity and certainty of mind. You know, that's kind of that's kind of a thread that I'm seeing. Correct me if I'm wrong through your life. It seems like eight year old, you know, deciding religion was bullshit, you know, and then uh, military and then, and then going through the prison system and all the, all the clarity of, of, you know, uh, I don't know. I, that, that's just something, that's something that I admire in what I'm hearing is just, it's just a, a type of, uh, I don't know, self-assurance or something like that. Would you, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? When you when you live a, a fact a fact based existence, uh, that you know data driven real life, and you know the truth. You you you. My life to me, it, it seems like I've kind of pulled the curtain back because of what I've done and where I've been and what I've seen. And I have this really really strong belief in what the truth is. And the truth is certain people are, you know, they're left left out of full citizenship as of being an American. Mm. You're just slightly yeah. still oppressed, which which is really something that irritates you and puts you on edge every day of your life. Because you meet people, you talk to people, you don't know what perspective they're going to be coming from. You know, right. it's like 
like, or am I approaching a, a friend or a foe, or am I going to have to have a conversation and ascertain for myself right. from perception if, who this this person yeah. is? This person dealing with me at arm's length? Yeah. Or How many layers of bullshit? Yeah. Or is he, you know, bullshitting me and not looking at me as if I'm someone who, you know, should be respected and just, you know, dealt with like a fucking full-fledged American person, individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I I feel like uh, Satan, the satanic temple is, is getting some headlines again and getting into uh, the public consciousness again. And I'm, I'm interested in, in the future of the satanic temple. I'm kind of cheering you guys on from the sidelines a little bit, um, kind of enjoying the, the shit disturbing and the, and the, the revealing of the truth. You know, you've got this Charlie, is it Charlie Kirk? Uh, and all the people getting really upset about, uh, after school Satan clubs and, and, uh, and uh, the the convention or whatever somebody was tweeting out that uh they were pretty sure that free speech didn't include satanism it was just like yeah oh yeah yeah it was yeah yeah some of the some of the posts that i saw and 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 i i I don't know if do you know Stu? uh not by not by first name no oh okay well i uh i i talked to him uh probably last week because he you know he's an attorney oh was he in the documentary yeah okay i think i remember uh, yeah okay yeah i know his, his last name is dehan or, or something something sounds german or something, something that they don't teach okay. any bonics so i'm not even going to try to lock it up <laughs> okay but uh yeah i talked to him and, and you know he's kind of interested in how this whole thing turns out with him coming to uh, try to take my weapons yeah he was telling me a little bit about the the conference the satanic conference i mean it's good good enough to irritate religious people that you know have that yeah yeah no it's 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 uh it's a fascinating time i uh you know I, i talked to a fair few people from a christian perspective but i really was happy that you uh that 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 we got to to talk because uh i i definitely feel like you you know you can so easily enter in an echo chamber these days and uh and and i feel like the people who hate satanists i mean that's the most superstitious thing of all right you know, the satanists satanists are not superstitious people uh right. but being afraid of satanists is, being afraid of satanists is a superstitious stance especially if you if the god of the universe is on your side right. and i just feel like they just don't know any you know uh you know well see and that 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 goes back to the whole black people the ghetto thing and, and white people living in the bubble yeah familiarity familiarity breeds content and, and you're comfortable with people when you know them yeah but if i tell somebody i'm a satanist they don't know me they know Satan. Yeah, I think they do. They don't know me, so they all—they're automatically triggered. Yeah, because they're superstition. They've been mentally conditioned all their life to think negative about a Satanist or Satan. Yeah. And I find that little bit of dance—I'll call it a dance—I call that little dance to be 
somewhat invigorating because I look at these people and go, are you really this fucking stupid? <laughs> it separates the wheat from the chaff a little bit. It gives you a, it gives you I an mean, instant. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know who you're dealing with automatically. Now, yeah. when I say that I'm a Satanist and the, and the person chuckles, now I've got a friend because right. I got somebody standing in front of me that understands. Yeah. Yeah. And we now we can talk. We can talk. You can't offend me. You can, you know, tell me your side of the story, perspective, whatever. But, yeah. you know, understand me a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's what's needed. That's what's needed everywhere. You know, I really think that uh, just looking at each person, and this is like a big thing for me, looking at each person that comes to you, they're a whole universe. Like, you know, behind your eyes, there's a whole landscape that's there. And, you know, I don't know it just by looking at you and you don't know it. You don't know the whole thing. And I don't know the whole thing. What's behind my eyes. And if we talk and you show me around, you know, I might, I might help you see something about yourself. You might help me see something about myself. And that is just like the, that's the gold standard of, of interpersonal communication that I think the more we can kind of undermine systems that, make people somehow feel that they are magically a different identity than, than the other people that they meet, the more we can dismantle those systems, I think yeah. the, the more we can get down to that, that one-on-one, -on -one, you know? Yeah, that, that whole thing, you, you just stated right there. I, I sum it up in a few short words, man. Peace, love, and understanding. That's it. First, we need peace. We, we can't be at war. We'll never understand each other being at war with each other. And then we need to love each other as, as human beings, as citizens of a civilized society. And then we, then we can talk in, and so we can understand each other. So we don't have to fear each other. So you yeah. don't have to lock up all of one ethnic group because everybody's mentally conditioned to fear them for mm. some reason. You know, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah, we, we got work to do. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a great inspirational way to end it. Um, I think we've been going an hour and, and that, that this has been great. I feel like the I feel like everybody should everybody should befriend a Satanist. That's that's there my challenge to everybody out there. But go befriend a Satanist because, you know, I mean, the, the, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it's actually a pretty. Uh, a pretty open group, you know, like uh, it, it's going to be easier than maybe approaching some other people because the Satanists, you know, open, open mind. Yeah. Yeah. They've chosen this outside perspective. So yeah, it, I, I just think it's, it's really interesting. So thank you very much for talking to me today, Steve. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the conversation. It, uh, get it out there because it, it, you know, we need to have more conversations. Absolutely. Well, my pleasure having you. So, yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll cut it off there. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going to edit it at ed edit the end off. But yeah, this has been great. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay. But you, and you can let them let them know they can reach me at uh, Satan, the number four, congress.com. Yes. Uh, Steve Hill comic on Instagram. Um, at for, at, uh, for uh, Steve, uh, for Satan, my... Uh, thinking of my Twitter, all of that shit, it's on my website. Oh yeah. No, I think I even have your Twitter up here. Uh, I can tell you what it is. <laughs> um, it is Steve Hill. Oh no, never mind. Maybe not. 
anyway, yeah, but yeah, check out check out those websites. Uh, it, you know, check out the the Congress platform. Vote for Steve Hill if your conscience tells you to do so. I mean, I'm I'm convinced that you're on the level. So uh, uh, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> hey man, if I was elected, I, I would be the absolute best representative that that people could ever imagine. Because I'm trying, I'm trying to do this, just spending my own money without taking any money, any mm. no special interest groups, no corporations. I don't even want money from the people. All I want is the people to fucking vote, and that's free. And it's, you think about it. If the people do that, I'm the people, the power of the people. I'm their power. I don't owe nobody shit. I don't owe no special interest, nothing. I don't owe nobody shit but my people. And that's where the power is. But if the people got to be brave, they got to look past all this superstition bullshit and look towards all of the, the money that these other politicians are raising yeah. because they want to do a low-grade brainwashing and inundate their mailboxes with literature and flyers and fucking TV ads. and da, 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 I'm this, I'm full of shit, like they always do every election cycle. And then that's where the people lose their power at. Mm. Yeah. So fuck, so fuck them and fuck their money. And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna show people this is how you get money out of politics. All you guys gotta do is fucking vote. This is how you get money out of politics. <laughs> so yeah. well, hey man, I hope it works. And and uh yeah, get, yeah good yeah. luck. I'll, I'm I'll, not I'm not quitting my day job. I will be following it with uh with interest. All right, my man. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye.